Well, it's Christmas Day, and um, I've entitled this message, um, A Needed Gift. How can you guarantee to have the perfect gift at Christmas? We've got to do what my son Joseph did. And he said to me, Dad, I bought myself a present, wrap it up and put it under the Christmas tree for me. Which I did. Because he knows exactly what he's got and he knows exactly what he wanted, so he bought it himself. So you can guarantee the perfect Christmas gift if you bought your own Christmas gift yourself. But a needed gift. As we look into the Word of God today, the reading that I read to you was from a guy called Zechariah. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. But because he didn't believe God when God told him that he was going to have a baby, he was struck dumb, couldn't speak until his baby was born, which was John. And when John was born, he was able to open his mouth, was able to speak, and he prophesied. And so he said two main things. The first thing he he spoke about, he spoke about, Enemies. He spoke about your enemy. He spoke about his enemy. And this is what he said. He said, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies. Now, when he said that, he may be thinking in his mind that the enemy that he was thinking about was the Roman Empire. Because the Roman Empire was occupying Israel at the time. So when he was thinking about enemies... He was maybe thinking about the Roman Empire, but there was another enemy that he was prophesying about. You see, this enemy was one who found, or probably was one of the worst enemies found in the Garden of Eden. This enemy confronted Adam and Eve. This enemy came to destroy the image of God on man. This enemy, we know him as Satan, the devil. You see, he did not want man to be innocent. He didn't want man to be pure. He didn't want man to be clean or obedient. In fact, The devil wants man to stop obeying God and instead to obey him. And so when he came into the garden, he didn't come because he he wanted a name for himself. He came because he wanted to stop man from obeying God and he wanted man to obey him. That's what he wanted. He's an enemy. And this enemy surely... Is no match for you. This enemy surely is no match for me. This enemy, the devil, surely is far more stronger and far more powerful than what you and I are. In fact, the Bible turns around and says this about our enemy. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
That is our enemy. He is not just a walk in a park. The Bible says that he's a formidable enemy. He is a wicked enemy. He's a diabolical enemy. And he seeks to destroy the image of God that he's placed upon you. And not only that, he wants your obedience away from God and he wants to have you obey him. Well, in a story that C.S. Lewis wrote, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, in that book, some of you might have read it or may have got it for Christmas one year, and um, in that story, there was a character called Edmund. don't know how many of you like Turkish Delight. How many of you like Turkish Delight here? Oh, quite a number of you like Turkish Delight. I can't stand it. <laughs> but how many like Turkish Delight? Well, in the story, C.S. Lewis created this character called Edmund. He's only a little boy. I think he was a little bit plump. I'm not too sure. But um, he loved Turkish Delight. And so the witch, knowing that he loved Turkish delight, gave him exactly what he liked in order for him to obey her. And he did. Because he was getting from the queen what he wanted, he, he was happy to obey her. That was in the story. But you know, it's not about Turkish delight. Uh, Turkish delight is not a wicked thing. Don't go away. Say, you can't eat that, that's the devil's food. Don't even say that. (laughs) But the thing is, the devil himself longs to have your obedience. And he will give you anything you like, anything you want, just as long as you stay with him, just as long as your eyes are upon him. In fact, he said to Jesus, Jesus, all these things I will give you if you bow down and worship me. And this is what the devil's like. He's a formidable enemy. He is a a horrible enemy and he comes to destroy You know, this week my heart went out to the people in Berlin. Some of you heard the story there, what happened in that Christmas market. That lorry driver just careered into that market. Today in Christmas morning, there's over 12 families who lost loved ones in that market last week. My heart goes out to those people. In fact, earlier on this year, wasn't it 89 people in Nice in France? where Laurie done exactly the same thing, careered into those people. That is evil. That is absolute evil. And the Bible will turn around and say, you put a D in front of evil and you will have the devil. And I want to tell you, behind every single evil, wicked act is a nasty, horrible, diabolical enemy called the devil. We quickly forget about the guys in Berlin, we move on. Forget about the guys in Nice, we move on. But their lives will never move on. And not only is it that devil hates you, it's not you that he hates. I want to tell you, he hates God with a venom. And because he hates God, he takes it out on you. Therefore, God has a rescue plan. And God sends... Someone 
to rescue you from the hands of a tyrant. God sent someone to deliver you and to rescue you. He didn't send an angel. He could have sent Gabriel or Michael. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send one of the powerful angels like that cherubim or, or seraphim. He didn't send any of the angels in heaven. No, no, no. He didn't even send a prophet or a messenger. He sends himself. That's who he sends. He sends himself. Because the devil hates him, it is him who comes down to deliver you from the hands of a tyrant. And look at what the Bible turned around and puts it so beautifully. Look what the Bible says here in 1 John. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That was the reason why he came at Bethlehem. He didn't come so we can have a Christmas day. He didn't come so we can argue about whether it's the 25th or some other day that he came. He didn't come to give us a day. What he came to do was to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he came to do. Praise be to God. This tyrant that held you and me has been destroyed. This enemy has been destroyed. That is what Christmas Day is about. Praise be to God. But I hear someone saying to me, maybe you're not a Christian here this morning, and I hear someone saying to me, ah, I don't believe in a devil. No, the devil is something just made up to scare children, like Santa Claus. I don't really believe in a, in, a, in a devil. I think evil is around anyway, but you can't convince me of a devil. He's not my enemy. Well, that may be your opinion. But there's another enemy that I want to talk about this morning. You see, this enemy... No one can deny. This enemy, no one can escape. And this enemy is the final enemy. What does the Bible call it? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death separates people. Death is an enemy because it snatches away people before their time. Death is an enemy because it snatches children away from families and mothers and fathers away from children, leaves behind brokenness and tears and sorrow. Death is an enemy, is a miserable enemy. And when Zechariah opened his and prophesied, he said, the Lord has sent a rescuer to deliver us from our enemies. Here's an enemy. This enemy is called death. Oh, you may try to ignore the devil, say he doesn't exist, but one thing you cannot ignore, and you know it's going to happen, death is an enemy. But what does the Bible say? Let me tell you what the Bible says. It says this. The grace 
was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I need to say that again. Just the end part there. Here it is. Jesus Christ, our Savior, who has destroyed death. And he didn't just destroy it, but he brought life and immortality that is eternal life. Through what? Through the gospel. The good news. I want to declare good news this morning. I don't want to talk about the devil. I don't want to talk about death. But I want to talk about Christ. Good news. For he destroyed death. Praise be to God. We do not mourn as others mourn. We do not weep like those who have no hope. But this enemy has been absolutely, totally, comprehensively defeated so that the Bible can declare these wonderful words. Here it is. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, oh death, is your victory? Where, oh death, is your sting? Death, you have no victory. Death, you might put me in the ground, but you have no victory. Why? Because I know that my Savior lives. Death, you might silence my voice from preaching, but I know that it's not the end because Christ has rose from the dead. And so therefore, death, where is your victory? You have no victory. You've been destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Oh, when James was singing one of the songs, a battle in the grave. Ah, there was a battle in the grave. I don't need to fight the battle. It's already been won. Christ himself has won the battle in the grave and set you and I free. What good news. I mean, if you need a gift this morning, if you open your presents and find socks this morning, if you open your presents and you find something you didn't want this morning, I want to tell you there's a needful gift. Here on Sunday morning, a gift that you can walk away from this morning and say, ah, my enemies have been defeated. Why? Because on on Bethlehem morning, there was this child that was given by God. Oh, they saw him only as a baby, but he will grow up to be a warrior. In In that casket, in that manger was a warrior, a fighter, a deliverer, a liberator in that in that, in that manger was someone with strength and power. Praise God. We've got some West Indian ladies in the house today. <laughs> Praise be to God. I'm preaching this morning, but I need to move on because the turkey's in the oven. <laughs> I need to move on. Let me just finish. Let me just finish with the last, last bit. But thanks be to God, he's given, given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Thanks be to Jesus. Your service. Look what the verse carries on to say. To rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. You know, it's always good to have a preacher who tells you the truth. Always good to have a preacher who speaks the truth. I'm hoping to speak the truth to you this morning. It may hurt sometimes. But I do it with love. And the truth is, the reason why Christ has come was not only to rescue us from the devil and to destroy his work. Not only has he come to rescue us from death and to destroy the power of the grave. But there's something else he's came to do. The Bible says to enable us to serve him without fear. Now, there's something everybody wants, you know. Everybody wants to be saved. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to be saved from being under the power of the devil. Everybody wants to be saved from being under the fear of death and then to fall into an eternal hell. Everybody wants to be saved from that. Nobody wants it at all. And so, so many come to church and they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, save me from hell. Save me from the power of the devil. I've got an addiction. I've got a problem. I I can't get rid of it. But if you come and deliver me, save me. And the Lord says, I will save you. And there's people here this morning who want saving from that. But unfortunately, they don't want to do anything else. I don't want to make people feel guilty here, but I'm going to preach the word here. You see, New Year is drawing up and a new year is coming. 2016 is gone and 2017. And people really want to serve themselves. They don't really want to serve. They want the deliverance. They want God to help them, but they don't want to serve him after he has helped them. They are too busy serving themselves. As if it was themselves who delivered them from the hand of Satan. As if it was themselves that delivered them from death. And so they are so busy wanting to serve themselves. Rather than serve Christ. But I want to tell you this morning. That when Christ came to deliver you. The Bible says he also enabled us to serve who? Serve yourself? You mean to tell me that Christ delivered me, rescued me, washed me, cleansed me, removed my sin, gave me a new future, a hope that when I weep, I have a hope in heaven? Do you mean Christ has saved me so that I can serve myself? And yet we live in a generation, my dear friends, where Christians are so busy serving themselves and serving Christ. Let me tell you a story for the young people here just to keep them with me because in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there was, there was a little boy 
And this little boy was only, he must have been under 12 years old, maybe 10. We're not too sure of his age. But in the night time, as he was laid in bed, he heard his name being called. And his name was Samuel. And he heard his name being called Samuel. Samuel. And this little boy heard his name, got up, and he ran to the old man in the, in the church. And he said, sir, did you call me? And the old man said, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so the little boy went back to bed and he lay down again to try to sleep. Again, he heard his name. Samuel. Samuel. So Samuel woke up again. He went back to the old man. He said, Eli, you must have called me. I heard my name twice. You called me surely. And the old man said, go back to bed, boy. I did not call you. But if you hear your name, say this. The little boy went back to bed confused. And he laid down. And then he heard again his name. This is what he says. I'll give you the verse in Samuel. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times. Samuel. Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Because your servant is listening. You see, I don't want just to be saved to get to heaven. I just want to be saved so that I can be freed from my enemies. Oh, I hate the devil. I want to have victory over him. I don't want to be saved just to have victory over the devil. I don't want to be saved so that I can know that when I die, there's victory in the grave. And I will be seeing Christ face to face. I don't want to believe for that reason only. But I want to be like Samuel. I want to say, speak, Lord. For your servant is ready. I'm ready to obey you. I'm ready to serve you. You came to deliver me from my enemies, but also you came to enable me and to empower me and to strengthen me that I might serve you. That's why you came. Now, I don't want you to come to me and say, no, Jerry, I want to serve. What can I do? No, no, no. You don't come to me and ask me what to do. No, no, no. You go to the foot of Christ and you do what Samuel has said. And Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's what you need to do. This ought to be our prayer. Let me go back to the Christmas story. Do you know the wise men? When the wise men came, what did they do? They came and they bowed down and worshipped. They served. And they opened up their gifts to the baby and they served. Can I look at the shepherds? What did the shepherds do? When the shepherds came from the hills and they see the baby in the manger, they went out and told everybody what they had seen. They served. I want to tell you this morning, Christmas is not about you receiving. Oh, you receive so much from the Lord. But there's something else about Christmas. It's about knowing that you have been saved. Not to sit in the church in Golding's church on a Sunday morning. No, 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 no. You haven't been saved to sit down. You've been saved to get up. 
You haven't been saved so you can go down in the grave. No, you have been saved to live and to serve the living God. Now, I don't know. I don't know what your position is. But he says in here, to serve in holiness and in righteousness. That speaks to me of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Oh, people are interested to see what fills their socks this morning. They want their socks to be filled to the brim with many goodies. The bigger my sock, the more I will get into it. But I want to tell you this morning, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And once you're filled with the Spirit of God, if you're a mother this morning, if you're a mum this morning, then being filled with the Spirit will cause you to be a godly mother. If you're an employee this morning, once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be a godly employee. I want to tell you that this morning. If you're an employer this morning, I want to tell you, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you will serve in holiness and in righteousness this morning. I want to tell you this morning, if you're a student this morning, you'll be filled with the Spirit of God to be the best student you can be, waking up on time, getting to the school, and doing the work that God has called you to do. You will be the best student. Why? Because the Spirit of God has filled you. That's what it's all about. It's not saying, oh, Jerry, can I, can I do something in the church? Can I, can I do this? Can I? No, no, no. Don't come to me and ask me what you can do. No, you go to the Lord and say, oh, God, I am empty. Fill me. Fill me. Fill me that I might be useful at college. I might be useful in my family. I might be useful in my household. I might be useful at work. Fill me, oh, God. With your spirit, that I might be useful this morning. I'm done. But this wonderful verse, let me go back to it. Hallelujah. This wonderful verse that Jesus Christ, this baby that we are celebrating this morning. This baby that was found in a manger by wise men and by shepherds. This baby that was born to Mary and Joseph. This baby was sent to rescue you from your enemies. I didn't mention yourself being an enemy. We're, we're our worst enemies sometimes. But I want to tell you, Christ has been sent to rescue you from your enemies. He was sent to rescue you from the enemy of Satan, but he was also sent to rescue you from the grave, that final enemy, so that you might be able to serve him. Ah, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and in righteousness before him all our days. Oh, may God call some servants here this morning. If you're not a Christian this morning, may God call you into his service this morning. Oh, if you are a believer, may God call you by name. 
and say, you are my servant. I will give you something to do. I will fill you with my Holy Spirit. I will forgive you of your sins. I will wash you and cleanse you. And I will place you in a place where you will be the greatest benefit for me and for my glory. I will use you. Oh, may your cry be this morning. Lord, fill my sock. Fill my life with you. In Jesus' name. Let's pray.